If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. I think it's probably in just an ancient diet. I mean, I just think it's kind of connected to our our the hunter gatherer way of being. I mean, you you basically hunt your food and then you eat it, and that's that's your food for the day. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with friend of the show, friend of ours. Um. Uh, all around great guy, Brandon Powell, a little bit later. And then, of course, we're going to have the trailer for our episode, our latest Rockfin episode with Emmanuel Kingman on the book of Enoch, popped in between the intro and the interview with Brandon. Um, so, yeah, double whammy. Maybe you guys want to go check out that Rockfin stuff this this week. I mean, I think we got, we must have like... 30 videos or so up there now. I'm getting up there and some great content. Rockfin.com. Videos, yeah. yeah, rockfin.com slash Grimerica if you want to check that stuff out. Uh, that's always over there. That's where we stream the Grimerica show now, too. I mean, we've got as many Rockfin subscribers now. Like, we're within a few hundred from Rockfin to YouTube. Because it's like YouTube just stopped. Oh, you know, not doing, subscribers, but uh, uh, oh, I guess they would be called subscribers, yeah. followers, yeah. whatever. Oh, my okay, fucking wow. cat chewed my fucking. Oh no! Pete's headphone. I don't know if oh, the cat no. chewed it or if maybe it got caught really, on the wire. Oh, maybe that has to be a cat free. I never thought about the electronics and the cords. Yeah, she's gonna have a hard time with that. I know that's her spot <laughs> up there. Eh? That's I like know. her little home. Maybe we could just move that thing out of here somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have got caught under the tire. I mean, it's never happened before. It could have been my fault. I don't like how that code cord was so short. Which cord are you talking about? My headphones, my beats. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know what I'm, I should get? I, you know what I'd like to get is wireless ones. So that if I have to go to the bathroom or something, because <laughs> the main problem with going to the bathroom during an interview is that you, now you don't know what got asked or, you know, know, you can't, it's a tough thing to do. But if I had wireless headphones, I could just, just head out. Just I still break, hear everything. And... Yeah, I could go for a jog, come back, <laughs> ask some questions. <laughs> I doubt you'd be going for a jog. I mean, uh, Hey, take it easy. I've been thinking harder about jogging. <laughs> it's coming. I got my running shoes. It's cold, though. Well, I've been breathing. Good for you, man. Me, too. Since, <laughs> since, uh, since this interview with Brandon, I mean, I did start. Oh, you've been doing breath work? Yeah, I've been doing breath work again. And I think it's helping the lungs. I mean, you know, I'm still this post-COVID lung bullshit. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I can really tell when I'm narrating that I, I have to take all these breaks. I just can't keep going. It's the weirdest fucking thing. It's not even like X1 ex- because well, I'm, I'm not really exercising yet. But I mean, I did. I, I am. 
exercising a little bit today too, but, but anyways, um, and I'm also following sort of like this protocol from a listener who sent in some stuff to do some, to do like a nice and flush with some breath work, crossing your arms, um, and going to the left, to the right and on oh, your back you and on your, on your, on your chest. So I've been doing that. That seems to be helping as well. So I'm going to try and get back times. in shape over the winter. Yeah. That'd three be- times a week. Let's see who can be in better shape by spring. That'd be a good little contest for us. Yeah, let's, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I mean, yeah. you, we both win. Everybody wins. Everybody there's wins. No, <laughs> there's no real way to measure. Maybe we could come up with a fun way. Uh, so yeah, great show with Brandon. Um, yeah, I, I don't do fantastic. as much of the breath work as I should. I have trouble. You know, it's just take that twenty minutes and breathe. I have yeah. been trying to focus on maybe breathing a little deeper here and there. I used to have but, that breathe deep reminder on my phone. And then, of course, you know, it comes up so often I just ignore it. I mean, for years, like thousands of times it popped up on my phone and I just ignored it. But it was trying to tell me to just take a moment and breathe deep, like just consciously breathe a little deeper instead of this shallow little breathing that I do all day long. I really just breathe shallowly all day. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I, you don't want to get stuck with the long COVID either. I mean, I was reading a story of the pe- the long COVID people, and you don't want to be in the group of those people. No, no, no. I'm going to take care of this right yeah. away here. You don't yeah. want to be stuck with those no. people. They seem like some real complainers. He also, he also, <laughs> he also suggested, and I should have bought a nebulizer a long time ago. I mean, I bought one of those Vicks vapor things, but that doesn't do the same thing. So I'm going to. Wants to, he says I should be nebulizing hydrogen peroxide three or four times a day as well. I should have I should have bought one a long time ago. But what's a nebulizer? Yeah, but I will do that. Hmm? What's a nebulizer? It just may it it turns the hydrogen peroxide in the water into like a fine gas or mist or whatever. Oh, nice! I see they came out with a camera that you could put on your gun now. Clamps right to the barrel. And what's that it's for? It's got a little dot to kind of where you're pointing in the video. <laughs> And so that if you're like duck hunting, or just, no, just random it's thoughts. Just, so you mean, so you mean this is to take like videos and stuff? Yeah, when you you put on your shotgun when you're duck hunting, or like so it would video whatever you're shooting. Oh my god, commies! <laughs> what? Um, Don't say that. Speak. Oh, that gets canceled. Canceled. I'm not. That was a joke. Not advocating anyone hunt anyone else. But speaking of hunting. We're coming out. You're coming out in the field. I mean, next week's a big week. I'm going to come out in the field. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this wind problem I have is going to be fixed by Thursday. <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> in a, five days. Yeah, I mean, last time was really just like a four or five hour, you know, hunting moose kind of got lucky. But elk, uh, elk. this time we're going for elk. I mean, it's going to be, you're going on oh, the, you mean the last Canadian time Area out, right. 51. Yeah. You're gonna, on the base. You're going on the base. You're going to get briefed. And uh, we're going to go on the base. And it should, like, really calm you down about the capabilities of the Canadian military. (laughs) And we're going to stay over a few days. So hopefully we'll come up with some nice bonus content or some extra content. Maybe take some video, all that sort of stuff as we go out hunting elk, which are probably one of the hardest big game to hunt. Why is that? They're just hard. They're smart motherfuckers, man. Oh, really? Smart, really like you notice it, and they work in a herd herd mentality instead of like deer, sort of loners. Sometimes they herd up, so but elk really herd up in the big herds, and the whole herd finds out they got sentinels and stuff. Wow, really watching eh? for you, yeah. 
Wow. They say if a female elk grows to be eight years old, you'll never, she'll never get killed by anything. She'll die at old age. Oh, my God. Because so smart and cautious and, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, there's just so many of them out there. And everyone's shooting at them or chasing them around, so they're moving around quite a bit. So it's an interesting time. We'll definitely see a bunch of elk, I'm sure. Are we going to see other hunters and stuff, too? Like, do you have to be careful? I mean, are we going to... Is this dangerous? Oh, it's super dangerous. You could get shot, for sure. Oh, my we, God. We have to wear orange. we have, orange. like, flak jackets or anything I have a, like that? Or no, what? I have an orange hoodie for you. An orange fun. hoodie. Yeah, so you just have really? to wear an orange the- shirt. People are extra careful about what they're shooting at on a base. So... Do the do the do the elk see orange instead of the camel? Like, does that? Well, you're kind of using the hills and stuff more than the like walking then, up to them camouflage. <laughs> I mean, it's not like right, fucking right. predator, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you can maybe you can do that. It kind of, even the ducks, man. Ducks, you gotta hide out or they'll fucking see your ass. The elk are even more. No matter so. what you're wearing, basically, whether yeah. you're wearing orange or so orange, like. They're going to notice you whether you're wearing orange or not. Yeah, we'll be trying to cut them off or hide out and wait for them. If you're wearing orange and you're not moving, I mean, you got to think the prairie colors are a lot, not like green. <laughs> there are a lot of yellows, whites, orange, yeah. I'm sure. If you're not moving, like if you get hunched into a spot, they'll walk by you if you're not moving within a you know, couple right, hundred right. yards. Right. I'm pretty comfortable out to three or four hundred yards. So Really? Jesus. And then the work, you well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do a lot of walking. A long way in like less than two years, really, with your hunting. I think it's been less than two years, right? It's probably been a year, probably two years this winter, right? Oh, I got some great recipes going too. By next year, I'll be on to full wild meat. And now they don't let me in restaurants and stuff, so that just makes it easier. Yeah, <clears throat> eat wild meat all the time. Speaking of that, I do have some listener emails from Alberta that I saved from last week. Oh boy, and also. Um, Got a project operation lined up, and uh, I got a quote from a book that I'm narrating right now. Oops. What are you narrating these days? Manly P. Hall's What the Ancient Wisdom Expects of Its Disciples, a study concerning the mystery schools. Hmm. So far, it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's a tiny book. It'll be a quick read. I'm about halfway through. It's fantastic. Hey, you didn't seem, send me the e version of that other book yet. No, I know it's coming. Okay. I don't know if there is one. We might have to copy it and make our own. That's fine. What's that noise? It looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. Okay, there's a, this is a huge disclaimer here because it's oh from boy. Wikipedia. They're all from Wikipedia. I mean, no, we should just have a disclaimer Wikipedia, in the no. jingle. <laughs> no, they're not all from Wikipedia. We should have had a disclaimer in the jingle from Wikipedia. Yeah. And and because this is Russian, this is a Russian one. I just I just have this like anytime this Russian stuff is involved, I just you just never know what to believe. That's the feeling I get. This is Operation You don't trust Russians? Is that what you said? With a K. No, I, I don't trust what we say about the Russians. Oh. Or Russians. No, I don't trust any of it. All right. So this you don't trust Operation what we say about in, Russians or Russian people? Or the Russian government. Okay. 
You do trust Russian some, people? Some Russians. Well, no, not not really. Not no? as much. Neither, no. Just because they're Russian or? Well, no, because, you know, cheating and lying is sometimes part of just regular life for them, you know? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> GrandMicroAmerica.com. <laughs> people grow up in different cultures and it's okay to do that, right? You can cheat to get ahead and it's just normal. And that's not the Western like, culture? <laughs> It's a little more. I covert, feel like I feel know? like we're at the head of that stake. No, I, I know. Well, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's all a mess. It's all a big mess. It's all right. You, you just, let's just get you out of this hole before you keep taking yourself deeper. <laughs> this is Operation Infection with a oh, K. That's with uh, a K. I N F E K T I O N. Well, COVID. Well, no. But infection two, the next operation might be. So, in Operation Infection was the popular name given to an active measure disinformation campaign run by the KGB in the 80s. Okay, get this to plant the idea that the United States has had invented that. Now, you're going to understand why I don't buy this. So, super huge grain of salt on this whole thing from my intuition wow i mean i just gotta say going into this if you don't buy this i mean i have real concerns for the <laughs> i'm, so I'm excited is, it excites me that, this, that i mean because i've yet to find stuff that you don't buy other than like evolution and stuff <laughs> <laughs> so this this campaign was run by the kgb in the 80s to plant the idea that the united states had invented hiv aids as part of a biological weapons research project at Fort Detrick, Maryland. So historian Thomas Bogart, oh my God, I mean, that couldn't be any better. Tommy Bogart popularized the code name Infection based on the claims of former East German Ministry of State Security, Stasi, Officer Gunter Bonesack. Gunter Bonesack? What's funny about that? Claimed, I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as who my claimed, talk. Who claimed that the Stasi code name for the campaign was either infection or perhaps perhaps also Vorwarts 2. Forward 2. However, historians Christopher Nering and Douglas Savage found in the former Stasi and Bulgarian state security archives. Materials that prove the actual Stasi code name for the AIDS disinformation campaign was Operation Denver. The operation involved an extraordinary amount of effort, funding radio programs, courting journalists, <laughs> distributing would-be scientific studies, according to journalist Joshua Yaffa, and even became the subject of a report by Dan Rather on the CBS Evening News. According to the U.S. Department of State, the Soviet Union used the campaign to undermine the state's credibility, foster anti-Americanism, isolate America abroad, and create tensions between host countries and the U.S. over the presence of American military bases, which were often portrayed as the cause of AIDS outbreaks in local populations. The U.S. State Department analysts also claim that another reason the Soviet Union promoted the AIDS disinformation I can't, I can't believe this. Uh, may have been its attempt to distract international attention away from its own offensive biological weapon program. 
which was monitored for decades, they say. The report posits that the operation may have been partly in retaliation for American accusations that the Soviets used chemical weapons in Southeast Asia, later dubbed the Yellow Rain Incident. Speaking of AIDS, did did Fauci, like, torture some puppies or some shit? Yeah, I think so. Damn, man. Yeah. That oh, that's not, the, that's not the worst of it. They just put the dog one out there to get everybody upset, but there's way there's other creepier ones. Way creepier, dude. Creepier than I mean, letting bugs not, eat dogs' faces it's, just, it's not Fauci. I don't think it's his organization. I mean, I'm sure he knows about it. I know? think he's the dude who signs off on all the funding. Yeah, well, exactly, so... We should get some funding. I mean, I could torture some shit. What we could do? I don't like. I mean, my conscience is a little. I don't think I could torture like animals, humans, but maybe bugs. I could bugs. like cut, squish yeah, some bugs, bugs or like, yeah, you know, maybe I mean, put some shit on bug, some cockroaches. You know, Phrase right? I mean, you could. We could do some experiments on making food from bugs. Oh, I mean, dude, we could money get money is. from everybody if we get a. We should have a bug business, a bug food business. It's hard to get bugs in this the winter. This is the though. future, dude. This is the future. Bug farms. But we got to get it all in the summer because it's hard Make to get bug bugs farm. in the winter. Yeah. Make a bug. Oh, that'd be the worst business ever. Imagine running a bug farm so people could just crush them down and eat them in their salad and shit. But when those fish flies are in season and shit, man, we could stock up. Did I ever tell you how a buddy named Mike Hunt? Uh, really? His name was that? Real, oh, what, yeah. what happened to his parents? I, Mike I mean, Hunt from you... Newfoundland. I don't think they, they thought of it, man. I really don't. Know. His name was Michael. Michael. <clears throat> I mean, it was funny because whenever he had to like, someone asked him his name in any sort of like professional context, he'd be like, Michael Hunt. <laughs> but we, everyone else, it's Mike. Call me Mike. Call me Mike. Call me Mike. Until <laughs> his last name's involved. It's called me Michael, motherfucker. It was on his ID. It was funny shit, man. It was like so some of the funniest shit I ever seen. He got teased a lot. Oh yeah. And we were in our twenties. All right, continue with your Wapo well, Apple. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere with that. No, well, you you had uh, I don't know where it came from. Oh, uh, we had the. I said, oh, because you were laughing about Buddy's name, <laughs> Boner Sack or whatever. See, this is all from this is this sounds like a whole CIA thing, really. I mean, you know. Continue. This is the perfect disinformation thing, right? You know, You're all too the far Russians in. are saying that it was created in Fort Detrick, so that's just false, right? Even though it probably was. Are you bailing on this? So this is a pretty big. No, I'm not. Gonna, I'm just figuring out how far to go on this. Uh, this is a pretty big. Uh, Wikipedia article. It talks about the story genesis and progression. It talks about how, you know, the disease, the mysterious disease was believed to be the results of the Pentagon's experiments to develop new and dangerous biological weapons and implicated the CDC scientists sent to Africa and Latin America to find dangerous viruses alien to Asia and Europe. I mean, then they get into the Stasi involvement in the disinformation campaign. It was difficult to determine the exact role of the Stasi in this AIDS disinformation campaign, given that around 90% of the records of its foreign intelligence division were destroyed or disappeared in 18, in 89 and 90. And then they get into Operation Denver, which with the goal of exposing the dangers to mankind arising from the research production and use of biological weapons, and also in order to strengthen anti-American sentiments in the world and to spark domestic political controversies in the USA. 
And then they get into the AIDS issues since 1985. There was these complex active measures regarding the issue since 85. Oh, my God. The, then they get into the Siegel report, disinformation methods. So they talk about this exploded across the world. It was repeated by Soviet newspapers, magazines, wire services, radio broadcasts, and television. It appeared 40 times in Soviet media in 87 alone. Ooh. It received coverage in 80 countries and more than 30 languages. I don't know. This is just crazy. So now we get to infection 2.0. Now here again, total grain of salt, huge grain of salt, because this is from the BBC edition.com. Infection 2.0, the Russian inspired Chinese operation intended to make people forget the origin of COVID. So they're saying here, press conference in parallel with the joint study between the WHO and China in a hotel in Wuhan, February 9th, 2021, Reuters. So they're saying that the COVID-19, a formidable propaganda accelerator for Beijing, the global health fight initiated since 2020 is an opportunity to perfect disinformation tools directly inspired by Russian methods. It demonstrates the Strategic Research Institute of the Military School in its study of operations of influence of China forthcoming. So one of these major operations seeks to make people forget the Chinese origin of the coronavirus by locating it in the United States, in the military base of Fort Detrick. I keep saying ticked, Detrick. It's just Detrick, right? Um, its initial scheme mimicked that of infection, the KGB's 83 campaign to accuse America of spreading AIDS, renamed Infection 2.0 by Paul Sharon, the ISRAM specialist. It has already been mentioned by the world, but clear, but clear up crucial details. So he's talking about how um, China toughens global war of influence. Um, Resurgence cannot be ruled out. The inf infection still lives on. His thesis was, da -da -da, let me just skip through here. So they're talking about how this was relayed by Chinese government officials and its diplomats. Infection 2.0 bounces back on statements from serious figures who, by using the conditional of the the conditional on the origin of the COVID, despite themselves, provide the elements of veracity necessary for the operation. Huh. So I don't know. I mean, how are they how are they doing this? Um what, by trying to say it's, you know, this is a, the U.S. is involved and it was made in Fort Detrick. I mean, I don't think this has worked. I mean, nobody's fucking forgotten that it was from the Wuhan lab. I mean, and whether that was even true or not, who knows? But I definitely don't believe this BBC article. They're just blaming Russia again. Blame the Russia. Russia inspired. See, now they're just saying the Russia inspired Chinese operation because it has to do with something um, because it mimicked the infection thing from 83. So they're just recycling bullshit narratives. Propaganda. Propaganda. There you have well, it. There you have it. Graham Dunlop's search for truth. By the way, I do have a correction for the last episode where I said some listeners sent us in the Graham Dunlop's search for God. Uh, it was Graham, of course, Graham from UK, UK Graham. Gainsford? Gainsford. Gainsford. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to him. Sorry for uh, equating you to the somebodies. Uh, all right, let's go to your COVID feedback, and then we'll jump into the 
Or do you want to save that for next week? No, no, we'll do that. We'll do both. Okay. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. By the people. So this was just like this was just a couple. It's funny how we get. Sometimes we almost get more feedback from being on the union or the unwanted, which obviously means the union's probably getting some play out there. But every few weeks or a couple of weeks, there's a union or the unwanted. Sometimes me, me and or Darren are on it. Um, check out the union and unwanted is put together by like Charlie, um, Ricky, Sam, and uh, Mike from OBDM. Anyways, so I was on and I was kind of in a, I don't know if I was like, I seem to have lost my patience since COVID, honestly. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm um, trying to deal with it sort of in my personal life, but maybe, and I also seem to be kind of like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know if I, I'd say I was negative on this, but I was really pushing back on like, it was weird hearing the guys in the U S say, Oh, you know, this whole thing's falling apart. Da, 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 da. And then in Canada, it's, it seemed like to me, I mean, there might be some evidence of that, but for the most part, we're way, way past where they are. We're way past it. Anyways, uh, hey, bro, been listening to the Union of the Unwanted pod since its inception. On the last episode, I felt everything you were saying before you were even saying it. I feel like Canada is so lost, man. I have trouble even talking about the VA X with a lot of people because they all jumped right in and this it's this mentality that I run into that no one cares or they're too cool for what's happening. My mother has lost a lot of her friends over it. She's gone down the rabbit hole. The boomers are so fucking gone. It's unbelievable. My dad got a booster shot last week. That being said, it's a great opportunity to meet like-minded people like me and my family has, which has been a positive, but I've always said long before COVID Canada was a prime was prime for a takeover. Things were too lax for too long, and it sucks because Canadians are awesome people. But so disappointing lately. Being forming, being forming communities as much as possible, going to the legislature every weekend. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I got to cut bait at some point. I don't even think we would have more fight than Australia, to be honest. We've never been tested, and we're inherently compliant. So I don't know. I got money saved up and I'm really thinking about GTFOH. How about you? Now, the other email is, is quite different, actually. It's almost the opposite. Um, hi, Graham. Just listened to the Union of the Unwanted episode. Just wanted to add another person that you know of that is unjabbed. I've been threatened with termination, but held strong. I also have two close friends who aren't vaccinated, and there's no way in hell my daughter will be getting it. I will homeschool if I need to. So sick of this bullshit. It doesn't make me want to fold over and give in. I want to fight harder. I want people to see that these vaccines are a failure. But I guess we will have to wait and see what happens this winter. Since in Ontario, the UV are not allowed in any non-essential businesses for the most part. Anywho, just wanted to let you know that there are still some of us around. Thanks and have a good day. So there you have it. Thanks for the feedback, the support. Graham, losing my patience, Dunlop. Yep. You need, you know, you know what it is, is you don't have a, you used to have a lose your patience outlet and now you're not there anymore. 
You know, yeah, you had a real patience test every day. Yeah, but it's it's, (laughs) honestly, it's to do, it's got something to do with COVID. I'm blaming the disease. Yeah. Not the, not the, not the vax mandate and everything else. I mean, it might all be part of it, but no, I have a feeling that something, something happened uh, up in my head. Oh, you bring that fucking bioweapon attack, you know, when when you're attacked. America.ca slash support guys. Hang on, I, oh. I got the I got a quote from uh, the book I'm reading. If you want to oh. hear it, uh, of course I do. I don't have a jingle ready though. You don't have a jingle? Okay. So this is from that "What the Ancient Wisdom Expects of Its Disciples" uh, study concerning the mystery schools by Manly P. Hall. Fantastic book. I think it was written originally back in the in the early 1900s, 1930ish. And here, here, this is so, it's so awesome to hear them push back on materialism and commercialism and all, but it's hard to imagine that they knew like that it was so bad even in the early 1900s. But I guess since the industrial revolution, I mean, it must've been going on for a couple hundred years, you know, the, the commercialization of things, but here's a quote from the book uh, today as never before men are turning to search for their gods. Or we should say they are rather turning away in disgust from our age of materiality, which is slowly crushing the beauty and spirituality out of life. Our materiality is destroying the souls of men. It is breaking apart. It is breaking the heart of the world. It is stifling the finer side of every nature. And something within man is revolting against this unnatural oppression. Many who have never given it thought before are now wondering what the end of it all will be how far the human race can involve itself without bringing the entire structure of modern ethics crashing down in ruins. Pew, pew. Pretty relevant. Yeah. He was ahead of his time. <laughs> totally. America.ca slash support, guys, if you can, if you're getting some value from the show, maybe you think it's a free show. We try not to make it a free show. It is free for everyone to download and share and listen to all the time. But we're hoping that if you're getting some value from the show, if it's adding some value to your day, your commute, your work, your whatever the fuck you're doing when you're listening, maybe you could send some value back our way over at grammerica.ca slash support. Whether it's a buck a month, two bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, we'll leave that up to you. Uh, five bucks seems to be the sweet spot. Five or six bucks, you know, it's like a buck a show. Uh, if you want to get caught up, you know the episode number, you know how to get caught up. You can do one-time donations there as well. Check out the audiobooks over at adultbrain.ca or type Graham Dunlop into your favorite audiobook player and see what pops up. If you buy those, that also helps support us a little bit. And uh, sign up for Grim America Outlaw or other show. You can get a bunch of free episodes over there as well. And uh, if you sign up for Plus, you get more episodes, an extra 20 shows and counting, and the extra hour. GrimericaOutlaw.ca. And of course, guys, we're going to play this. We got the. What did he change his name to again? Emmanuel Kingman. Emmanuel Kingman. Uh, trailer coming up here. Play that. That's about 10 minutes long. And then we'll jump into the fantastic chat with our friend and modern day shaman, Brandon Powell. So we got the tale of two Enochs. There's two different Enochs. And this is why some people confuse uh, the Enoch we're going to discuss with the Enoch that is associated with Hermes and Thoth. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Enoch, 
uh, that's associated with them is said to have, uh, Gary Wayne says, is the one who uh, had brought down uh, different ways of making uh, weapons and all this different stuff that God didn't want, which the Book of Enoch says it was different angels, different fallen angels that did it, but Gary Wayne says that it was Enoch. So he was the son of Cain which was the third generation from Adam, and he had a city built in his name. And other than that, there's not really too much you can find about this guy. So what Gary Wayne really dug deep in order to find what he found about him. So the Enoch we're going to focus on is the son of Jared, who's the seventh generation from Adam. He was born a thousand years before the flood. He was Noah's great-grandfather. He walked with God. He lived to be 365 years, and he never died, but instead transformed into the Archangel Metatron. He was raptured. So the Archangel Metatron had been the Hebrew prophet Enoch and became an ascended master whom God transformed into the powerful Archangel Metatron. In Genesis 5.24, we learn that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him, which means, you know, he just disappeared because God took him. He raptured him. Uh, according to Gosham Sholem, the Hebrew mystic and scholar, the prophet Enoch's flesh was turned to flame, his veins to fire, his eyelashes to flashes of lightning, his eyeballs to flaming torches. He whom God placed on a throne next to the throne of glory received after this heavenly transformation the name Metatron. So what this is describing— That sounds great. I mean, where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah, well, you have to <laughs> love God and serve God. And the book of Enoch is mentioned— uh, you know, referenced by the Bible directly in the books of Jude, Peter, Luke, Matthew, John. There's direct parallels with the book of Genesis. And Jesus often spoke using quotes from the book of Enoch are very similar to, like the Son of Man, the Elect One, the Righteous One, and the Lord of Spirits are all words that are used in the Bible and the book of Enoch, and the book of Enoch is older. Wow. The book of Enoch is the, the oldest book of any canonical Bible, and which the Ethiopia is the only one that has it in its canon still. So it's not that Jesus and Enoch are the same person or that Enoch is another version of Jesus. It's just that the, uh, when they were men, humans, just like us, they tapped into God by being uh, very, you know, by being doing the things that their conscience would drive them to do, you know, to be good people in that sense. Enlightened. And, yeah, and that's what it drove them to enlightenment, yeah. So they were talking about the same stuff. And I've been studying Tartaria lately, so I threw this in here, uh, that there's some connections with the book of Enoch. And Enoch six, right in the beginning, he says, And the high mountains will be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. So, you know, mud floods, that's, there, that's what it's saying. It's going to be for a reset. It's going to be made like wax before the flame it's, and Uriel who's one of the holy angels who is over the world and over Tartarus so that's his position in the sky and this is said in Enoch 22 it all goes back to the fallen angels you know wanting the the power of God wow and that's what they did with the psychedelics they tricked humanity and so with duality you know it's not a thing the needs to actually exist. If we had the sun always in our sky, you know, we would just grow larger. The darkness actually keeps us from growing and expanding. So then we have the angels, and here we have the different names of angels that are mentioned, and we have the different types of angels that are mentioned. 
So the different types are the Ophanim, the Seraphim, and the Cherubim. Now the Seraphim is the serpent beings, the Chinese dragons, the which is Satan, is a, a Seraphim, uh, you know, the angel of light, as they call uh, Lucifer, may not have come in the form of a human-looking angel. Maybe it was more of one of these other guys. The Ophanim are the highest order of the angels, and uh, they're the closest to God. They're like the protectors of God. And the cherubim, they're the four-faced angels. One's a human, one's an eagle, one's an ox, and one is a lion. He was describing a four-sided figure, and he says that there's a firmament going all the way up it, and that there's a space missing in between, and then there's something, uh, there's the abyss, and then when you, so the abyss would be... uh, That gap between the eye of the pyramid and the the capstone. And then the holy place where the holy one dwells is up here, which is the all-seeing eye. The Carrington event, and my firm belief is because we're electrical beings in an electrical universe, is that that is when Satan was loosed upon the earth, as described in the Bible. Uh, It was some kind of electrical transference that uh, then started the downslide of civilization because Satan has taken his reign on earth. You know, I literally had demons chase out of me. I had an injury happen to me, 400 pounds of chicken and cheese. I'm a truck driver, so 400 pounds of chicken and cheese fell on me. I fell back. The whole thing fell on me. I landed on my root chakra, and I feel a crack, and I can see in my third eye, see psychic sludge just coming out like a big old turd coming out of my root chakra. And over the course of uh, three days, I was... Uh, burning tobacco on a fire for the first time ever because I just got the sense to do that. And apparently that's a Native American ritual to ward off evil spirits. And then I drank this tea and I was laughing with my daughter and my girlfriend and I became very ill feeling all of a sudden and I hurled two times and nothing physically came out. But the demons that were released from me were incredible. And the immediate feeling I had was that I was saved by Christ. Wow. And... I mean, it was just immediately that's what I knew happened, that I was saved by Christ. And I throw open the door, and mind you, I couldn't walk because this injury, you know, that was that really hurt me. I was right on my tailbone. And I throw open the door, and I say it to my girlfriend. I'm like, I was just saved by Christ. And she said she knew that was about to happen, that I was going to say that because I threw up and nothing came out. But it was just like, boom, and I was in bliss. I was in a state of bliss uh, or state of nirvana, as the Buddhists say, for 10 days straight. Like that feeling you get when you're on mushrooms. Uh, I've come to all this stuff because of psychedelic trips. When I, I battled the the uh, beast with seven heads and ten horns in the book of Revelation. And I'm like, oh, that's a real thing. You know, it had the face of a lion turned into a dragon. Then it had uh, three long bear claws on this short little T-Rex arm. And... Uh, that's exactly as it's described by Paul in the book of Revelation. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, it's weird is here locally, I think that, because there's a satanic temple here. You can sign up on the lines. And I think they're the only ones who now have written into the, because, well, in Alberta, at least, and in Canada, if you want a religious exemption, there's a there's like a bunch of fucking crazy things that have to be in place. And one of them is it has to be like, there has to be a specific thing in there about vaccines. Wow. Yeah, because I talked to the Human Rights Board a couple times last week. 
And the church, the local satanic temple has gone and written into their stuff that they don't agree with vaccines. Wow. So, I mean, I just think that's an interesting caveat that they seem to be the only place in uh, Alberta, at least, because it seems like all the other religious places in Alberta have said, no, nah, it's fine. God said it's fine. All right, let's go, Brandon Powell. <laughs> How are you? Good, man. LGBTP. LGBP. <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. Actually, well, I saw you, go, I saw Brandon. you liked that, and I was trying to figure out what it was today. <laughs> LGBP. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon Powell. Oh, I see. Okay. I I. Oh, it, I saw one with more letters, and I was trying to figure out what it was. Oh, you could go LGBTFBJ. Oh, that's what it was, right? That's the one, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we were just talking about how you haven't been on by yourself in a couple of years, I believe, and you've been to most of our contact at the cabin. So it's nice to talk to you without a bunch of other people on a round table or something like that. And, yeah, so thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, how's it going down there in the U.S. of A? It does seem to be quite different than up here in uh, Canada, where all the provinces are pretty much uh, very, very, very similar, you know, in, what, in how they're handling everything. Yeah, I'm right. I'm, I'm in North Carolina, so the, I'm, I'm in the South, but my, I'm, I'm in the... Um, you know, I'm in the state where there's a lot of colleges and I would say we're, we are a battleground state. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting because we have, we're a red state who has left politicians. Wow. So, That's you know, super and, interesting. And, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a really interesting place. And, um, <clears throat> And uh yeah, North Carolina's great. Um and I'm I'm uh you know, it's a good travel base. I have a major airport right next to me and and I can move around a lot. So at least it was, you know, a couple of years ago a good spot to be moving around. Now I mean it's still good, but it's it's um um you know, you know how traveling is these days. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you, um, or are people getting fed up with the, the red and blue, the right and left, and, uh, and nobody sort of really doing anything about this problem that we're going through? Uh, well, or are, are you, you saying, seeing, or are you seeing a difference there, down there, like in other states? Well, it's interesting. It's interesting traveling around this year because there was really no traveling in 2020, uh, very little at least. And then, uh, 2021, I've been traveling a bunch and I have, you know, maybe it's just the crowd that I, I'm, I'm, I find myself in, but I find myself with folks who seem to be, I would say, um, I would say they're, they're either, you know, they're not questioning it too much, but they're ready to move on or they're, um, you know, they just, they're, they have a good, strong opinion 
and maybe they're not voicing it because, you know, we're in a group of people. But, uh, um, you know, whenever I find myself traveling, I'm in a setting of a group of people. Some people are very vocal about how they feel. Some people don't say much of how they feel. Um, I'm sure there's a mixed bag, but people are still all coming together. And so it's, uh, it's you know, I feel that most of these people are um, at some in some way beyond the narrative that's being pushed and keeping people inside or not coming to events that I'm I'm at. Does yeah, that, that could to- that could totally be the sort of like the biohacking uh the the you know the people the type of people that you're you're meeting up for sure seem to be open-minded, willing to, you know, go through all this stuff personally and I feel like, you know, like the like the people that we had at the at the at the contact of the cabin is fantastic. Everybody's jumping in the ice bath, no problem. Everybody was very like, let's just go do all this stuff, uh, you know, like the risk, ah, like, let's just go continue on with this whole thing. Yeah. It was a hardcore group. I mean, but everybody, you could talk about absolutely anything to anybody. Ice bass in the garage right now. Fill it up one or two more times for winter. If you want big guy, I might have to practice to get across the border, Brandon, in that thing (laughs) (laughs) to get through the infrared. I'll be in under the ice for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Just Yeah. (laughs) It, get Darren to drive across and get a stake set up. We'll, you know, how long can you, you know, well, you could get uh, scuba gear. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Scuba gear. If you're a bitch. Mm, just a little straw underneath the water. I mean, getting you into the country for Arizona could prove to be a struggle. But, I mean, if you get over your thing about lying to government, then... It'll be okay. Well, it's different line to the American oh, yeah. government. I mean, you know, that's Oof, that's risky, doozy. right? You don't want to be. Business. I don't want to be like you know banned from the U.S. for life. I, mean, that's, that's I don't risky. even want to lie to the Canadian government either because it's kind of it's kind of taking you out of the fight in a way if you fake your way through this. Out of the fight. Yeah. I'll just stay home. Just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> in the fight. <laughs> oh, <Well, laughs> definitely. <laughs> Where's my phone? <laughs> So, uh, did you have fun in uh, in Washington? I did have fun in Washington, even though you got the COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was one of the lucky. What was it like? 22, 20, 21, 22 people. It was. It. it was a few. There's, there's, there's. You know, a dozen or two. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Beyond that, it was a great. It was a great time, man. And it was. Uh, it was cool to see people taking on so much. I mean, there was a, a it was so much activity. I mean, it was a, those were busy, full days of sightseeing, exploring, hiking, breathing, breathing, um, cliff jumping, cliff jumping, food eating, ice bath taking. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot going on. I really enjoyed the ice bath. I, I feel like there was some power in the group that really, I mean, I don't think I could do it as easy on my own, but I mean, really in front of the group and uh, actually I did go do it one morning on my own afterwards. It was a little less cold cause it wasn't full of ice, but it's like water, but no, 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 like, no, it's it still like almost water. freezing. I mean, almost freezing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, people were just just braving it and just jumping right in. I mean, do you find that a lot in your in your groups uh, when you get into the ice baths that 
people kind of get brave in front of the group and they just just go for it or well yeah i mean for the most part if you're coming to one of my workshops you're you're getting into the ice bath so um we have people that um i would say maybe do it for just because they're interested in you know hanging in with the group but then there i think there are people that are genuinely really wanting the experience you know wanting to wanting to get through it or wanting to see what it has to offer them i mean that's that's always been the angle that i came at it from or tried to come at it from you know um it's just uh cold water you know and uh there's something that you know there's something that's inside of us all that responds to the cold and how um how it might emotionally affect us uh physically affect us you know um how we feel that our body is going to respond you know how we don't really know that question that's up in the air when getting into it and the group really kind of helps you overcome that you know when you have that there it's it, it makes it you, you feel more powerful more empowered and you know somebody will save you if you were drowned but uh <laughs> but no i mean really it's 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 just the the power of the group is without it without a doubt and it's very interesting too because we're tapping into vagal tone and vagal response you know in the brain and there is um this thing known as polyvagal you know the mini vagus and the idea is is that when we have this group experience where we're all tapping into this this aspect of the mind and doing it together it makes it more powerful more resonant so we're the group experience like coming together even if it's with a group of people that are unknown like they're they're not people that that are your friends but you're all there for a shared experience and that experience based on um getting these like vagus responses these vagal responses um when that happens like i said in the group we get this uh extra lift you know so training in the cold is powerful and if you do it uh it, you know by yourself it definitely is a great practice and and something that you know when you can train solo there is a lot of power in that but within the group there's something that brings the energy up even even more turns it all the way up to 11 and there's something really unique and so we saw it you know i wasn't sure how people would react but everybody was really literally just dump jumping in yeah you know that's fascinating so there's something about the what happens to our vagus nerve in that situation and it starts I don't know, is it the vibration or the or the frequency that it's at and it starts resonating with other people's Vegas yeah, there mean, as well? I mean Well, to be honest, I'm not a, a complete expert in, in vagal It makes sense uh, though. I should say polyvagal response. I have read a good bit about it. And from what I can gather, um so for instance, one of the best ways to kick the vagus nerve on, um is to to vocalize so that could be as simple as breathing especially breathing audibly right or it could be um humming humming being probably one of the single best ways so when you think of like all the numinous you know spiritual religious practices um you know these practices utilize 
in incantations, mantras, various things of uh, chanting, you know, types of 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 um, of humming and vibration that ultimately done within the group, like you know, within the church or within the your your the group of monks, you know, the the idea that um, doing this together really invoked uh, a, a a very powerful thing that was you know only there because of the group um and, and i don't know there's a lot to it you know the the uh the idea that <clears throat> when doing the breathing work of the method that i teach it's it's very simple but the breathing um definitely because it's such a um, engaging practice, it really brings Vegas response on. I mean, there's been a lot of brain studies done around this particular method and around Wim Hof, for instance, and the, uh, the practice, um, like let's say within a rhythmic entrained response. So we're doing it to music, to a beat, and we're trying to 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 really hold that um, that cadence, so that you you really get this effect. You derive it from putting in this this little bit of work, the breathing, hanging into the rhythm, and then the breath hold, and all of that connects. So the vagus nerve, the way that it works, is it's it's creating this conversation from our viscera our organs and our brain and it's it's <clears throat> literally massaged and activated through the diaphragm so the diaphragm which is our major breathing muscle obviously the diaphragm um as it ex as you exhale uh it massages the the organ and essentially kicks it on so it turns it on and the the organ or i should say the the nerve connects the the brains and the viscera as i was saying and it creates this conversation this interoceptive meaning like silent or unconscious conversation between the two and you know it's what's informing everything from our heartbeat to the way we make eye contact you know if you think about anything survival oriented is connected to the vagus nerve so you know, we're exercising these or recruiting even these ancient uh, aspects of our physiology. And a lot of times, because of the way that we live our life and modernity, we have escaped, you know, exercising these particular things about our physiology. And that in turn creates atrophy. So we we lose um you know the ability to uh, to something that was connected to us for hundreds of thousands of years, we we lose that um, as we progress in some ways. And th the idea of the practices that we do are to really invoke these things and make them a part of your life, so that you have, I guess, as an overall idea, health, happiness, and strength. You know, and and that's chemically speaking, and we can get into the chemical derivatives of what is health, happiness, and strength. But on the surface, and from a, a just a general well-being, that's the idea of the method. 
Um, and so that we're tapping into our, our natural endogenous pain relief, as we've proven, really connecting into endogenous like opioids and cannabinoids and revving up the oxytocin and the dopamine and everything. And that's what happens through this practice and through exercising this, these nervous systems. And we can rewire our ability to um, you know, feel good on a, as a general thing. Like, you shouldn't feel bad. That's the, the idea of the method that, that I'm spreading and what we're doing. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. Kind of creating a new baseline for contentment or, or feeling good. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And that almost, that almost explains the mechanics behind how, like there a lot of people at the event that we were just at had a, a lot of interesting experiences during the breathing, you know, I mean, uh, almost like, almost psychedelic, pseudo psychedelic in a way. Um, I mean, I remember. Well, I think it is. I think it is psychedelic. I mean, we are taking advantage of endogenous things. You know, for instance, DMT. Um, we always kind of joked about DMT being an aspect of the breath work, but we've pretty much proven it at this point. I mean, there have been a lot of of studies um, done on it. Uh, you know, we can reference, I have a friend who did a documentary and it's the name of the documentary slipping my mind, but we can reference it maybe in the notes. But there's a, um, there's a lot to show that breath work is taking advantage of these things that are floating around in the system that we're not processing and really bringing it to the surface. So DMT is already there. But why don't we experience it on a conscious level? And, and really, it's in more things than it's not, but we, we don't process it properly. And obviously, when, it's, when it is processed, there's something that's definitive that's right there. But in the breathing, we've shown that just naturally, you know, we have the ability to tap into these particular states that borderline consciousness and unconsciousness and What's to really say what that is other than, you know, the person being present or not, you know, but consciousness and unconsciousness, especially when tethered into consciousness, you know, so in other words, having one foot in and one foot out, uh, which is which are definitely states that can be created through the breath work. And they're more to be experienced than really talked about. But in talking about them, when you when you attain them, um, you basically can disconnect from your physical experience of things. So uh, I think these are the states that you've seen people get into spiritually in many ways where, you know, they've been able to demonstrate overcoming massive amounts of pain uh, in situations. You know, people do all kinds of, you know, aesthetic practices, basically just showing their their ability to overcome pain in the body. But um, there are these spaces that you can get to where you, uh, you know, are teetering on the edge and you may go over. <laughs> if you go over the edge, it's best to be in a comfortable position and, uh, you know, uh, laying down or something like that. But, um, you know, 
we've witnessed like in great spiritual protests like uh monks in self-immolation where they burn themselves in protest and uh and maintain posture and you know decorum and some kind of uh some kind of ability to withstand the physical pain all the way through the process um of burning up and you know, there are just some really interesting states that our consciousness can shift into while still being present, you know, and the the practice that we we're definitely playing within those realms within the practice that we do. Um, but it's a gradual way in, even though there's really no parameter. I mean, you could take this thing as far as you want to go. If you train hard in, in these arts, they will carry you very far, uh, spiritually speaking. I mean, if you're if you're after that, and I would say, and maybe asking you guys, uh, you know, more and more, I, I just get this uh, this kind of reference to these experiences being spiritual. You know, yeah, and, they are. They well, are people are spiritual. crying this time, I think, right? I mean, there's almost always a crier in the group, you know, there's always at least one, I think. Yeah, well, a couple of people, I mean, they talked about being uh, looking down from the ceiling, almost like they had a like a minor OBE kind of thing. I mean, I just feel like I can shoot lightning bolts out of my hands. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, to me, you know. But I chicken out a little bit, I feel like, too, you know, like on the hold or something. I feel like there's a threshold maybe I'm not going over, but I do get the, and I mean, a lot of the time I'm, I'm working, so. Well, I think that there are great um, techniques for cleansing the system getting in by system I, I just mean the body you know uh overall and the physical body the the um emotional framework that we have um you know it, it it's great because it takes the prefrontal cortex offline when you practice it intensely and you can really experience that where you're just not in a who what where when why type of uh, framework instead you're you feel very centered um awareness becomes much more expanded so that you're you're really paying attention to your surroundings to your senses to your to your uh to your body's sensations and you know i think that this is the connection to the deeper aspects of like i said the survival mind so it's great integration work um i do consider it very psychedelic in nature i just think that it's great for psychedelic integration so if you have peak experience in various types of framework you know like you may you may go and um you know have the 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 massive uh heroic uh, dose heroic no, well, just yeah. I mean, the the ultimate heroic dose on the top, on the top of the pyramid, right? I mean, it's just the the as far out as you can go. You can you can have that experience, but if you don't bring it to life to actually mean something, if it's not going somewhere, then it's you know it's just kind of lost. Yeah. I mean, you can have a picture about it, but <clears throat> to me, there are. You know, people look for the micro doses, I guess, 
of types of, of work to do. And, and I think if you're going to do a micro dose, the work that I'm doing is, is one of the best ways to micro dose something because it's just engaging these, uh, you know, aspects of the physiology that are, uh, you know, autonomic, but are in our control. So using the breath work to actually try to get a specific result this result is to better be able to say process co2 so you're a better breather all the way around or to be able to reshape your breathing so that you can breathe properly um throughout the day exactly so, pra- so. practice for actually being conscious of your breathing throughout the day yeah. right well even better think of it as an upgrade to your autonomic system so by practicing for just 20 minutes a day You don't have to be conscious all day. If you practice for 20 minutes a day in this engaged type of way, then you're heightening the system throughout the day. You should be priming yourself to be breathing properly throughout the day. And by doing that, you don't have to think about it. It's the upgrade on the autonomic system. It's rewiring the nervous system. That's really what is necessary in so many ways. So when people are talking about biohacking or whatnot, they're, they're, in my opinion, just trying to optimize the system, which in our DNA has the potential to be highly optimized. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that we have a, uh, if you look at our primitive self, the native um, or the indigenous man uh, around the world um, they have a, they, they show up basically the same. I mean, they could be, they could seem totally different. You, you know, you could take people from the, you know, the mountains of, of Mexico or people from, um, you know, various regions of Africa and, you know, or go to Australia or wherever. I mean, the idea that the indigenous man is still around in various places, South America and so forth, we, we can, look at their structure and they move in a very similar fashion all the way around the world and they also have these specific capabilities like namely being able to run extremely long distances in all cases you know it's a it's part of our dna and the way that that body holds up to where um you know some of these uh say distance runners from various regions have the ability to run into their, you know, their 80s and 90s, their their elder years where they're they're really still running at a good click and the body holds up. So my point is is that we have this structure that is given to us of, uh, by nature and it's it's coded um to be healthy and strong and safe and functional for our, the, our entire life, we, we shouldn't break down. But because of modernity, we set ourselves up to basically break down. You know, we are we ignore a lot of the things that if we exercised would give us much more vitality. And by not exercising them, we uh, essentially let them let them atrophy. And so we're going back in and recruiting these these particular things and we can really do it all like turn on all of these things by just engaging specific things 
So by doing specific training, you can get at turning on all of the facets of these sort of primal, archaic um, qualities that shouldn't, in my opinion, be lost. You know, as a matter of fact, they should always transcend with us. I mean, with the human. I mean, so the, and I think there's a lot of people who believe like this. It's just it's uh, it's finding the uh, way to unify it all, because I don't really see any difference between the spiritual practices, the, um, uh, you know, or just living life. I mean, I just think it's all it's all the same. And if you're doing it right, um, you're you're deeply connected, you know, and I think that we're just <clears throat> we've 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 lost a lot of that because we're so well adaptable to whatever it is that's in front of us. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you about my experience with this breathing uh, vision quest that I had about, I don't know how long ago it was me, eight, nine years ago, maybe before the show. I, I can't remember. I gotta, I gotta try and figure out if it was before the show, but um, thinking back on it now, it was like a Kundalini awakening, I believe. But this couple went that around mean. doing these workshops and they were vision quests. They had all this ancient instruments with going through these Bose speakers and they would do this breathing. It wasn't the same style of breathing of Wim Hof. It was, I, I can't remember what the, the type of breathing it was. It was like, uh, like you kind of breathe in and then in again or something like that. And you keep repeating that. And that would cause obviously, you know, different types of sensations. But they also had this like crystal healing, hands-on healing. And this guy with a didgeridoo was helping them out. <clears throat> and we were in this breathing session, this vision, they called it a vision quest. Some people would have crazy experiences. Mine was more physical, but this guy literally popped my root chakra with a didgeridoo. Like I felt it literally felt it. Yeah. Start vibrating and, and spinning. And I was like, Holy fuck. Like I always sort of believed in these energy centers, these chakras, but to actually physically feel it. And that started going up through the next two chakras, like the sacral and the solar plexus. And I don't know if this was just coincidental timing or not, but she came around with this crystal and popped it into the top of my head. And there goes my crown and it moved to my third eye and that's all vibrating. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like these, I'm this is my whole body. My whole body was vibrating as well at, at a different sort of frequency. And I felt these chakras spinning and, and vibrating and i was thinking the so only did you thing know it left... was a shocker thing then it wasn't yeah, scary at no, all you no, weren't freaking like out at all just bathing in it basically and then i thought the only thing left is my heart and my throat so that kai his name was kai he's a, this hands-on healer he comes in and my eyes are closed of course the whole time whatever he puts a hand on my throat and a hand on my heart and he does his like coughing sort of healing thing and he he pulls his hands off and voof, that they, they both just start, start going. And, and then he puts his hands back kind of like to check. And then he just goes like this and he, he takes off and the whole thing, the, the whole thing, just flowing this energy through and the chakras vibrating, like phys I could physically feel it. Um, it was uh, totally intense. And at the, at the time I just sort of tried to enjoy it and, and let it ride, like ride it for as long as I possibly could without ruining the experience. But thinking back on it now, I think that was like total Kundalini awakening. Dude, I'm going to sample that and turn that into a song. <laughs> right. Make that, sure that, that I have 
that I mean, just anybody who tells me that their root chakra was popped open by a didgeridoo. Oh, I it, I'm telling you, dude, it was, was something special. It was in, in, it was intense. Does anybody like does that Kundalini come up at all in your breathing workshops? Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear that that idea, and I think it's a very, I think it's a really cool idea. I mean, the the um, the idea that at the base of our spine we can well energy, um, energy that can literally be felt through hot and cold sensation. So this is the indicator. And you can cultivate those sensations to really deriving like intense cold sensations in specific regions and, and in, intense heat sensations in different regions. But the idea is, is that you can then connect, you know, these two wells of energy and bring them together to, to then draw them up the spine brings the spine into this um this idea of an antenna right and so you move the the energy up the spine and it nourishes the brain right so does that, it talk about them twisting uh, up the spine at sure. all of course because everything twists so when you when you visualize it you want to visualize it in a swirling motion really if you think about it it's the double helix yeah. And, and, you know, but it's and, and really there there's three strands because it's always three. And the, the, the third strand is moving, you know, in between. So the regardless, the idea is, is that we're 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 compressing the energy in in this twisting motion, like wringing something out and you're bringing the energy in tight and you want to bring it and bring it all the way up to the head, almost like a, um, like you're, you're constricting. A and, serpent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so you're, you bring it all the way up to the head, and then this bathes the head, right, the, into the crown and into the spirit, and then you draw it back in, and you bring it back down to reside back in the well. And so it's to pass, it creates, and then a, a, a macro to micro type of orbit, you know? So it's, it's, um, it's moving out, but then we are the expression of it. And it's just this orbit that, it, that it, you know, we observe in the body, in the flow of energy when it's in harmony. That's the concept. That's a lot of work. You know, and a lot of us don't have time to get into these massively deep undertakings in regards to energy work and learning how to to become aware of all of these things. <clears throat> and I think what I'm trying to get at is and, you know, using the Wim Hof method, the way that I, I teach it, I think that what I'm trying to get at is getting into some powerful places and having to deal and in that, you take the governor off of a lot of things. So you don't have to, you don't have to um, worry, is something going to show up? <laughs> you know, we know something's going to show up, and it's just a matter of how you can learn to process it. Now, there are some things as you're learning to process it that, um, you know, it, basically the practices that we do, 
uh, are intense at first, but then you learn how to stabilize in them much quicker and much quicker. And then the breathing is not so intense and the breathing doesn't carry you off into all these places. You just do it and it's, you know, um, and you get good results from it, but you don't, you know, you're not as, it's not as disorienting. You know, and so that's that's the idea. But, you know, you have to just like anything, put in the reps and and the it shows up. Like you said, well, 20 minutes a day, right? I mean, just start with that. Yeah, I think if you, you can really have a, a, a good, solid practice um, in in 20 to 30 minutes in the day. Yeah. So did you just speaking of um, dealing with COVID and the breathing, like I was I was expressing to you my uncomfortability about uh, trying to breathe through this. Like when I was when I was in the middle of the COVID <clears throat> breathing it in through like I almost felt like I was pulling it in into my lungs. Um, but that could have just been like some justification for not fucking doing the breath work or some sort of stupid rationalization when I was sick. But but you you breath you breathed through through your COVID, right? I did. I kept my breath work going, and I also kept. I I'm an avid runner, and I kept um, walking up the whole time. So I just kept walking every day and oh, okay. doing and um you know I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't going anywhere else, so I would just go out into the woods and walk. And um that you know, I I felt my energy it hit me maybe one or two days where I felt a little bit off as far as like exertion. I really feel that that you know, we don't really have a handle on what this thing is specifically. No, I agree with you. It's so um, affecting so many people so differently. I do think there's something that's, you know, I really felt like it was never my respiratory system with me specifically. It felt like I was having a hard time getting oxygen to my muscles. So it felt like very, it felt like a cardiovascular thing to me. Oh, interesting. Did you have some aches and stuff? I definitely had some aches. Yeah, yeah, I definitely had some aches, but the breathing really helps to numb all of that. Um, I I feel like by doing the breathing in the morning, um, and interestingly enough, like my breath hold times never really went down. Wow. Yeah, I never felt. Uh, I didn't have a cough really. No, I didn't. I didn't have a cough either. But I should start. I got to start doing the breathing and try and get this. It probably would help me get my. I don't have my wind back. That's the one, the only thing that's missing now really is, is my wind. Like, like if I'm reading or something, I need to take a break after a few sentences. Like it's just not, it's just, it's just, it's just my full wind is not there. So I should probably get back into this breathing. I couldn't get enough liquid. I couldn't drink enough water through this. I really felt like I was, I was dehydrated and like my body wasn't, taking water and I was drinking it like crazy. I really wish I was in better shape. But when thinking back now, like I just should have been in better shape. But did you ever get a ringing in your ears at all? Like I got, I, I had like a, a headache for a couple days and, a, and almost like a, a sound wave or like a uh, thing in my head constantly for a couple days. And even now it, it, it comes and it comes and goes all of a sudden it'll just like the right ear or the left like ear the, like just the... it'll just be it'll just go 
Yeah, it'll like, just like, like when you back in the day when you'd walk up to your friend's house and the old school TV be on in the basement, you'd have that yeah. like mm. yeah, yeah, it goes into my so that but that still sort of bugs me. I mean, it really felt like there was something not natural going on with me. Like I was cre- a bit creeped out by the whole thing. Plus, I had some fucking crazy sort of psychedelic uh, sleep. sleep astral battle kind of shit going on too, which was crazy. I can tell you that the one thing that really stands out to me about my, my experience with the big C is um, <laughs> the dreams. Were yeah. Insane. Yeah. Like just insane every night, uh, every night, like for about a week, I had the wildest dreams of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Did you ever have like, did you ever have dreams of like millions of uh, what would be represented as Chinese, but they were kind of like boxes or mechanical things or frames or like just weird, like, but it was supposedly, you know, Chinese. Beat me out of this. Beings. (laughs) No, no, no Chinese. I um, I had uh, these dreams, though, that were like I would wake up. This happened to me two or three times um, during COVID where I had a I had these dreams where I would wake up in the middle of them, get water, something, move around, go back to bed and go right back into the same dream. Oh, that's fantastic. And and I mean, but it was like, no, it was like intoxicating. And it was like, I was drunk on the dream. I was not happy about it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't enjoying it at at all. It was, uh, it was too much. I mean, it, it was really interesting though. I really do love to, um, you know, consider those realms and those spaces, you know, but I didn't feel any control. I was looking for some lucidity too. Wow. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't occurring. And I, I'm, yeah, I feel like most of my dreams, I have some lucidity in them. Um, but in these, they were really out of sync. All these different, like these different blankets on my bed had, there was a pattern, like a circular thing. I would kind of go in to these blankets and they all had this different energy, this different uh, vibe, almost this feeling. And, and a couple nights they would provide the blanket and the energy for me, almost like a big zipper. Like, and at one point I, I, the only relief I found was actually with my pillow and ignoring all the rest of the shit. Like I was just like focused on my pillow as this like energy sort of block. It was fucking crazy, dude. I mean, I'm telling you. That reminds me of someone on like a hard mushroom trip where they're just like, where's my fucking towel and my blanket? At at one point it was like, I was supposed to just focus on that one little tiny thing, which was the pillow. And I actually had a decent sleep that night. See, I, well, I combated it with hundreds of milligrams of cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I mean I smoked less definitely but I was like I was I didn't sleep well the one night and then I remembered that I had like uh, a dozen you know 500 milligram bags of candies and stuff like that in my safe so I I tied into those on the second night and ate like you know 300 milligrams and I'm out for like 11 hours 
Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I did that three nights in a row. So if I was dreaming, I mean, who knows what happened? Who knows what happened? Because oh, yeah. I wasn't there. But, I mean, that could have really helped Does that you, mean right? I was, like, blacked out? So is that the equivalent of being, like, blacked out drunk yeah. in the dream world? I was yeah. just there making an ass of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that was, I think, part of my issue was that there was no, there was no cannabis. And I think that that really brought on the dreams, too. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, right. Wow. I wanted to banish him. Well, one thing I'm looking forward to is that we seem to always be rushing. Um, you know, when we did it in Pagosa, the breath work was like, you know, before breakfast and then eat and get in the vans and everyone's sort of scrambling. And the same sort of thing in Utah, we sort of scrambling. Um, of course, we didn't even introduce the ice baths until uh, Scablands. We didn't get to that until Friday because we kept getting back so late. Um, so I'm excited here for for February to have some time to sort of be more Brandon centric and you know really get into have some time to really settle into that breath work and we'll have the ice bath sort of available all the time. And I'm looking forward to to just settling into seeing what we can get out of it that way, where we don't have to rush any place. Yeah, day. that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And having a good nature setting, being able to explore some, but under the pretense of of it being in relation to using our breath and movement, and also, um, yeah, I mean, being able to get into some good deep sessions. Bringing it all together to every day will really give a, a a good a good boost of power to the participants. I mean, you know, it's impossible to engage these things and not just feel a massive surge of energy, um, you know, and that uh, resonates. So when you put it day after day, um, you really do internally turn it up uh turn on in a way that is uh unique you know but it's it shouldn't be it's just we're 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 dimmed a little bit yeah. i think when we when we engage these practices we 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 process adrenaline far better in our system and it turns on an awareness that is unmistakable and so that's that's the, uh, the the thing I'm I'm so looking forward to with with everybody because, you know, it's the it's sort of the big, for me it's at this point in the game it's it's really awesome to watch people go through the process and to be able to feed into it and it's a feedback loop because it gives me energy and I feel like I can give it energy and you know that's the I guess that's the name of the game is just being able to get it off the ground. I've been around this, uh, you know, spending a lot of time with Wim, uh, spending a lot of time with various great, great uh, teachers from, from all different kinds of walks of life that feed into this particular idea that I'm utilizing um, when I teach, which is, you know, we all need to understand how to, have like self-defense and self-preservation for these uh, aspects of our physiology and our mentality that are so 
um, beneficial to us. So if we rev these things up, they really feed us. It's a it's a wellspring of power, and it's something that is our birthright, and we should tap into. And you know, it's something that I look at people of antiquity um, like needing as a way of of being. You know, because and it's really fascinating too when you think about the way that people um, utilize energy. Like food, for instance, like how we use food uh, for power and how uh, we also use fasting, not having food for power. And when you tie in specific elements of of the things that I teach with fasting, for instance, you gain a, a, a tremendous amount of provable energy in the system and how it uh, generates like like longer telomeres, for instance, in the brain, where you're you're literally regenerating yourself by doing this, and that's you know that's what I'm interested in in like self defense as self preservation as really self optimization as self empowerment um, as a way to carry um, yourself through time so that you feel strong. You should always feel happy, healthy, and strong as far as I'm concerned. And it's up to you to make that thing happen, to manifest it. And the way you do it is, in my opinion, is you utilize particular tools. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And so you will get a lot of opportunity to work these tools. Oh, that's fantastic. The fasting is super interesting because you do get super focused and super... um you you get this interesting energy after a few days of of not eating. So what do you think that is evolutionarily? Like why why is that? Is that because of the you know hunting the big the the animal or whatever, and then going? Yeah, you need to go a few days or a week without food, or is that and and you need that energy uh, to to finish the hunt? Like what, how how is that? even possible because it's it's super it's almost it's counterintuitive right i mean you you know yeah i think from an evolutionary standpoint we were we were just not going to have food all the time so there's going to be periods of time and those those periods of time um are very cleansing for the system so i think that in the grand design of things it's a beautiful design when you're not eating you're cleaning you know and um, eating is hard on the system, right? And if you overeat, you can see what happens. And, you know, we look at the, um, like COVID, for instance, 96%, I think I read 96% of people that died on the ventilators were obese. And this is a big problem. Overeating, when when the body is really designed not to do that, you know, we, we should go through long periods uh, or at least brief periods um, where we're able to fast. Uh, and, and it's fascinating for me. Um, like if I don't eat anything and, you know, uh, let's say have a strenuous day, I feel fine uh, now, I'm very accustomed to this lifestyle, but I could go all day. Um, I do, you know, w- within my business, I'm coaching people and we're doing a lot of physical things throughout the day and I am engaged all day and I feel fine. If I was to eat just a little, then it really throws me off and it makes me feel like um, like I need to eat more. Yeah. 
You know, like my body, you know, I, I lose energy. I go way down. You've broken that fast. I mean, you know, you're, you've triggered your body into, into that different state. Well, we, we just, you know, from a protein standpoint, um, we're, we're recruiting again, these particular proteins that allow us, uh, in the fasting state, um, to maintain energy. Uh, and I mean, you can, you know, even several days into the fasting state, maintain good energy if, um, you know, if especially if you were priming yourself pre-fasting to be in shape, right? It's not just something like you're not just going into a starvation mode. That's not really good, good fasting. Good fasting is knowing how to set yourself up with the proper diet leading into the fast. And then when you go into the fast, <clears throat> knowing how to take care of yourself there so that you're not, you know, overdoing certain things. But if, but the, the energy, um, in the fast can definitely last for a long time. And what's interesting in regards to what I do is that we work with the cold. The cold is a very powerful tool, um, at getting at thermogenesis, right? So heat creation, you know, using the, and, and heat creation, uh, is highly beneficial for things like engaging the metabolism, um, you know, so like for fat burning and, uh, you know, regulating various systems. It gives us a lot of energy um, because it helps us recuperate much faster. So, and this is, you know, there's so much great science behind this. If, if you know, people are interested in it, come come hang out with me for a weekend and we'll get really into it. But creating heat and training your body to be a great heat creator um, is, is highly beneficial. And so the cold, ironically, by training in the cold, you become a great heat creator. The, um, the thing is, is when you're in a fasting state, thermogenesis is uh, something that uh, happens at a much faster rate. And I think that makes sense logically. If you're digesting food, your energy and your heat go to to your gut and go to, you know, to the focus of digesting the food. When there is no food to digest, the heat creation then can essentially move uh, into various aspects of the body. So we can really turn on certain things like uh, brown fat reserves, which, you know, um, are fascinating because they are sort of the gasoline to your body's fat and how it engages white fat and burns, you know, and so we, it, the, the energy goes to the intercostal muscles. So through the breathing, we generate tremendous amounts of, of like, let's say, um, heat through the intercostals through burning calories. So we're, we're generating heat through the intercostal muscles, through these brown fat reserves. And this is getting, you know, into things that um, you don't need to overcomplicate by thinking about them too much. But it's still fascinating to understand it. But the, the, the most important part is feeling this act, thing actually occur which you can absolutely do. And when you feel the heat turn on, it's unmistakable. And it's, it's a feeling that is connected to um, our pain relief and our, our centers of joy 
really, really fascinating how all of this within the brain and the brain chemistry, this all comes together. But it's the, the, these regions of the brain that are connected to pain relief, joy, love, all of these things get turned on in these experiences. And there's something to be said about the person who brings warmth, you know, I mean, and how uh you know turning these these sources of energy on do something chemically to the brain um i'll i'll put it against ssris i'll put it against all kinds of stuff is that when you get all of these functions operating together it creates uh something an alchemy in the system that is highly unique and should be experienced that's fascinating I think there's probably an argument to be made that those ancient hunter-gatherers were probably not on a, like, grain-heavy diets all the time. So they were probably, if not in more of a catonic sort of state, then may, I, at the very least probably more adaptable and easier, like, you know, now to go into ketosis or whatever it is. Like, I guess you would have just gone through it, but it's like, what, a two-week period of transitioning. Whereas I think back then, where you weren't on carbs and grains all the time, you were kind of more more apt to be on fat and meat and stuff like that and natural sugars and things like that. You're probably easier to switch back and forth out of those zones. So it's like if you get a couple of days into your fast, you're probably, it's not like now where you're like, fuck, you're probably just start burning your whatever you got, you know, burning your fat off. You don't have to go through that fake hunger of carbs. Yeah, you just naturally slip into it without going through that withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. So, and and it is interesting how all the ancients, uh, they all have their breathing methods and their breathing techniques. And I mean, they've been doing focused breathing for thousands of years, you know, it's fascinating. So what, and then what what, do you have? Not only that, but also exposing themselves in cold environments. So if you think about like bringing together, I mean, I agree with what Darren was saying, hundred percent, we were, we were surviving off of meat and fat and, you know, doing it, um, probably living much more, um, catodic in, in certain, um, at certain points and times, especially in the hunt, you know, um, when you're, you know, when you're um, traveling long distances, I mean, I've read multiple accounts of people carrying bags of basically lard with them, you know, taking sacks of fat that they could just, you know, keep their energy up. Um, but <clears throat> the, um, uh, the the uh well, i've lost what i was going to say but with the, the trap with the traveling with the long the traveling yeah, well no it was i i think uh, it, it i i really did oh but the breathing in the outdoors uh with oh, the yeah. ancient ancients yeah that's right so i was saying that the um that you know if you look at the ancient practices all around the world um there was an exposure of the skin to the cold environment, um, basically being able to build up to the exposures um, for whatever season that you're living in. So and and you, hot? Did they do hot exposure as well or just cold? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, people live in the tropics. People live, you know, in some of the hottest regions in the world, absolutely, and can survive, no problem, right? And Would you be able to do that with your breath work currently? 
Well, Wim demonstrated. Wim demonstrated. Yeah, I think you know, adapting. Sure. I mean, I think we're all adaptable. I don't think that that makes me special. I think that Wim demonstrated running a marathon in the hottest desert in in Africa. Um, he did it without any water, and he ran it. You know, um, ran it steady, and uh, was was you know being watched studied more or less while he was doing it and he uh um had no issues at all and the breathing so the breathing is there to regulate the system overall you know i mean that's that's really what it is whether you're dealing with hot or cold you're you're really trying to just regulate yourself within the extremity so whether you're in you know extreme hot stream cold the breath should keep you balanced um, and you know, the cold is just something that is felt more. I mean, we're more likely to die, you know, I mean, in, in extreme cold, right? So it's more, you're more likely to die. I mean, you could it's absolutely die. Yeah. Um, but well, not according to the latest media global warming scare. 12 years. We're all yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Um, well, the, the, the putting your skin against the cold is really fascinating to me because this is what our bodies are really are meant to, we're meant to not have this buffer of cloth, um, at, uh, really some of the coldest, um, invite in some of the coldest environments. Now there are times for sure to be wrapped up. Um, if you're, if you're going to be in exposure where you're not moving, um, and, and, but if you think about like natives in this country, um, they would expose their skin in the winter times and hunts, you know, or just keep them themselves exposed all the way through the winter, um, because the body is that adaptable and we should be able to, um, to live like that. You know, we're not fragile. Um, the, the idea that, uh, we need to be wrapped at some points in times is true, but, you know, it, interestingly in our design, we're, we're not like that. So, and we can make it and not only can we make it, we can thrive and in a way that is seemingly, uh, extremely good for your health and, and ability to regenerate, like to self heal. So do you intermittent fast or anything like that? Is that part of uh, what you would consider, you know, part of part of the ultimate program here? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't recommend you know to diets to people unless they really want to get into it. But um, the the thing that that I do specifically is I eat one meal a day. Yeah, that's the best way for me. I don't. I just don't function well if I'm eating throughout the day. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I do my best if I eat hard for, let's say a window of about four hours every day. Um, usually, usually from, um, I don't know, seven, eight, eight at night, uh, on till I go to bed. Um, but that's, that's the best way for me to function. And it just, what I have is a consistent energy throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. I just don't feel the ups and downs. I don't feel swings, you know, and, and I put a lot of energy out. Um, so I definitely try to refuel the best I can and try to get the best things in. Um, but 
you know, this year was one of the biggest years for me changing a lot of things physically. Like I let go of so many things. Coffee. That was a big one. Yeah. Been a full year now. Wow. Almost, almost a year. Wow. Uh, the uh, coffee was a big one. Um, alcohol, you know, those were two big ones. But and and really, I wasn't a big drinker of alcohol, but just letting go of of various things um, uh, to just see like as a reductive way to see by stripping things out of my diet, even specific foods and uh, you know, sugars and various things that I, I felt were just unnecessary in my diet to see how it would feel. Um, and for sure it's had a massive effect on me. My, my health, you know, again, all I'm really looking for in optimization is just balance. I want to feel good and I don't want to feel a lot of shifts. <laughs> I want to feel, you know, at Ste my best. steadily at your best. Yeah. 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 You know, and there is so much great science and great stuff to look at uh, in regards to learning how to cool and heat the system properly in order to get tremendous results. Um, you know, and the the thing is, is like it's really at our fingertips like we can um, gain so much more out of our bodies if that's an interest. And I, I think that that uh for some that's one of the biggest fascinations you could have i mean our bodies are something special you know the fact that we're we're in this thing or we are this thing is really unique and there there are ways to experience it that i believe are unifying um our our what we would consider our fitness which is a very deep thing. You know, when you look at fitness, this goes into, you know, um, you know, how we, how we have progeny, how we have children, how we, how we do everything that really creates our, our well, wellness, our well-being uh, is within our fitness. And when you look at that in regards to, um, uh, you know, how it connects to your spiritual uh, uh, and when I say spiritual, really what I mean is our engaging um, of certain practices that that take us away from the neurosis of um, of you know obsession. Well, addiction. Of anything negative, just anything yeah. negative, right? So it takes us away from that to make us a better person. And I just think that that, that is the orientation of the human animal. I mean, personally, now, I mean, we could argue this forever. No, 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 no. I think you're onto something that's overlooked all the time. It's, it's underrated. It's, it's the feeling of, it's hard to explain to somebody that let's say they're a hundred pounds overweight and they're stuck at eating, eating all kinds of, uh, you know, let's say junk food or whatever, and they're not exercising anymore or whatever. It's hard to, that people just are focused on the pounds or the weight, or I want to, you know, do this or that, but they're not focused on that end point, which you're talking about, which is the feeling, like the feeling of you will feel better. You won't want it. You won't crave it. Everything will change. Everything in your life will change when you increase that baseline of contentment or happy health and physical vitality or whatever you're, you know, you're talking about. That's not, that's overlooked a lot. People don't, that, 
that should be where people want to get to. Not, not just like cutting 50 or a hundred pounds out. That's not necessarily going to do it. Yeah. Well, I agree, man. A hundred percent. I, I think you're spot on with that and that we're, we're, we're look, you know, a lot of people, um, don't even have an idea of what is a potential. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I'm talking from my own experience. I mean, I've been up and down this kind of like fitness biohacking thing. And I was at my worst probably last year. Was it, was it Darren would probably know more than me last year, probably, or maybe before I went on the meat diet. So the end of 2019, maybe, or, when or any, meat, anyways, like meat that that long ago. Yeah. Uh, or no, was it just this year? Holy shit. Year. I don't know. Yeah. It was just this year. So maybe the, maybe the, maybe actually 2020, was the end of 2020, 2020, but you know, the point being that, I've felt that feeling before I felt the difference of being healthy and unhealthy. So I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I'm kind of talking about my own sort of issues here and my own, you know, uh, ignorance of, of, um, or justification. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that I've, I've felt that, that good feeling that you're talking about. And, and even, even though I felt it, it's hard to get back there. Never mind about if I have no idea about it. Oh yeah, I know, man. I I I really count my blessings on the days where I feel great, because you know we know that we can slip in and out of it. But I think that what I've found to be the secret is actually the reduction, taking things yeah, away yeah, yeah. as opposed to putting things in. There's I an aware. Well, there's an awareness that you have to deal with too. There's a spiritual like fasting is a. Sp- it's also a, a spiritual practice. I mean, just going, you're so used to cooking and eating and cleaning up the dishes and doing all this stuff. You've got all of a sudden all this time to deal with and you've got to keep coming back to the moment and saying, I'm not eating. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore, I'm going to bring myself back to the moment and, and ignore that, not ignore the craving, but let that craving go. I mean, it's a complete spiritual experience, not eating for, let's say a week. I mean, it's almost more than the physical is the emotional, spiritual part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So you do have this extra time that you're working with. And it's great if you're a person who is um, a flow junkie, somebody who likes to get into the flow states and they like to they're cons- they get consumed with the thing. So, you know, I'm creating music a lot. And without a doubt, if I really want to get the best music out of me. I need to move into a space to where time just seems to fall away and I'm not focused on, you know, on time at all. And a whole day can melt away over trying to create, you know, 30 seconds of music. Right. And um, that that space, like I don't need any food there at all. Like I can just totally, you know, um, dissolve in a way that, that, you know, I feel really like time is gone and I can't even believe that 15 hours has passed or whatever. And, uh, and I didn't need any, I, I didn't need any food. I have to kind of make myself force myself to eat on those occasions. Like I could really, you know, slip off. You can see how musicians can do it. Um, you know, just survive. Yeah, hair. yeah, or artists or creators of some of some yeah, kind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, just artists in yeah. general. Yeah, Her- heroin and, and alcohol. You you don't really need any food. 
Uh, you know, but or I, coffee can fill that role too if we got cream and sugar in it. It's great at the AA meetings when you're trying to get through yeah, the coffee and the cigarettes. <laughs> but no, I mean honestly, the uh, the the flow states are you know. So I really recommend if you're into fasting, if that is something that's an interest, you look into Ray Cronies um, and his work. He did like this 40 day fast that was observed. He's a he was a NASA astronaut, Ray. Cronies, I believe K-R-O-N-I-S-E. Is that right? Are you looking it up? Uh, no, I'm just making notes. notes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ray Cronies. So he and I was completely um, off on the spelling, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might be it might be C. I'm not sure. It'll be in the show. I'll, notes. I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but he, he interestingly, I was looking at fasting stuff. And I come across him, and he's done this 40-day fast that was um, – he was studied by some guys at NASA as he was doing this. And he had gone off years ago before he had really any notoriety in this country. Um, he went off and studied with Wim. <laughs> um, years you know, before um, I had heard of him. And uh, he went off and studied with Wim and um, uh, yeah, and like Wim, you know, he's been one meal a day forever, one meal a day. And, um, you know, he's I think his dietary habits have changed a little bit over the last few years. But truthfully, when I knew him or when I first met him, I should say, um, and up to that point for for years, he had maintained just one meal a day. And I, there's just something about using these certain tools and what it does to your energy and, and not feeling the need for energy derived from food. And when you do utilize that energy, it seems like, or when you do uh, consume food, it seems like, most people that live like this kind of take on this warrior diet or whatever it's called many things um you know the ascetics diet the snake diet <laughs> the snake snake pros um the uh basically um you you want to sleep after you eat so you want to eat and then usually sleep that's right. why you, that's why you do it like 7 to spend a few hours at night doing your eating and then, and then bed, bed. Yeah. Huh. And, and I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's probably in just an ancient diet. I mean, I just think it's kind of connected to our, our, the hunter gatherer way of being. I mean, you, you basically hunt your food and then you eat it and that's, that's your food for the day. You know, I mean, it's not, um, and there's a lot of effort and work that goes into it and our bodies I think operate better when they're hungry and fasting in a way that's oriented towards getting their food. And it's that true hunger, not that fake carb hunger. Like the, that hunger goes away after a couple hours. Like, but it's, that's those, that's that weird hunger. You kind of got to get over is that it, I feel like it's a fake hunger. You know, it, it's like when I've been eating your carbs gut. or sugar or whatever, something's in there like asking for more. Your but gut it's biome not, is tricking you. Yeah, but it's not that real hunger because when you're fasting, you don't feel that hunger. 
Really? No, you don't. You you don't. You can definitely suppress it in a way to where it doesn't make you feel off balance. Exactly. Like exactly. you know, when some people think they have like a a blood sugar imbalance or something. I mean, quite often it's not even sugar; it's salt. But you know, the idea that they have this imbalance where they feel, um, you know, when they go to exert themselves, like they're gonna maybe pass out, something like that, right? And the you know, you don't get that in the fasting state. No. In the fasting state, your body will maintain strength. And um, now for some people, they I'm not going to lie, if you're, if you're a healthy person who fasts, you're going to have a different response than if you're an unhealthy person who goes into a fast the first time. Um, it may wreck you a little bit. Um, and I really recommend easing into fasting and it not treating it like, you know, something where I'm just going to try to starve myself. It, that is not a good idea. The idea is that, you know, you really want to use it as a true mechanism for for fixing the body or healing the body. And it's better to have yourself into some kind of shape before you do it. Even if it's just using, and, and I shouldn't say even, but it, you know, if it's using the breath work as a way to get the body healthy enough, uh, vascularly speaking, um, you know, the breath work does a tremendous job at training your cardiovascular system. And so that can be a big benefit to you when you're fasting, uh, being able to breathe well, because some people will experience shortness of breath when they fast and they're not prepared for fasting like they really feel like they're they're um breaking down i didn't mean to take this all into the root of fasting but no 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 it's good though it's good i I mean but i do think that it is it's you know it's really interesting how it connects to this and i do think that what i'm training myself to be like is a hunter-gatherer um you know or even even training in the modes of more of like being a hunter um which is the the you know that was the our our job our necessity was to be able to get our own food and it became a a, a high art form in you know obviously in many cultures you know to be a, a great hunter obviously that's where the you know becoming a warrior or soldier and these things come from uh, initially was just us being able to provide for ourselves and our families our tribe or whatever and the the you know everything is based on food and so this whole idea of um how important the food was you know how much reverence was there how you know the necessity for it um and how we would work to to get it um you know i mean it's pretty i think it's pretty powerful stuff i mean and when you when you look at how the body must sustain itself in these periods of time between where we have food and where we don't um and how it did that for hundreds of thousands of years and how it could also borrow energy from many things like it didn't need to just be food it didn't you need could, breakfast cereal you know Right. Well, you can borrow energy from the sun. So by letting the sun get into your eyes first thing in the morning, we do so many things for balancing our circadian rhythm. The red shift. Right. And we we literally absorb energy from it. This is not energy to be laughed at either. It's energy that really gives you power through the day. 
So, you know, accepting the vitamin D, getting energy, you know, and we think about how much blood you have moving behind your eyes all the time. And that blood is basically exposed to the light and how important the light is. I mean, you know, um, the word uh, immunity comes from uh, this idea of transmitting light and how light resonance was something that, you know, when when that was what deciphered whether or not, you know, you were alive or not. Right. So if you were if you were dead, you didn't have the light emitting from you. But when you were alive, you had the light emitting. And now we know how important light and our gut biome is. So and, how, and the interaction of vitamin D and the gut biome. And so it's it's fascinating that light is directly connected to our um you know our health so literally gaining sunlight power gaining power from the air uh by breathing properly knowing how to breathe properly just by being in the right positions the right postures uh and then then food uh as a you know final the final wellspring of energy to to gain food from the creation of it or the harvesting of it. So it's really interesting. I mean, and, and we're designed to be that thing. And so that's, those are the energies that I'm interested mostly into tapping into recruiting because we're, you know, they've been there forever and, um, and they seem to serve us. Yeah. And we've been conditioned to, you know, have these three meals a day and the whole breakfast cereal thing and the carbs and the sugars and fruit loops. Yeah. So we should, I think for people, for people that aren't sure about your whole process and all, maybe we should go through like what the, what the contact of the cabin would look like, you know, like the actual breathing. Cause you know, cause like you, well, you've got the instruments and you, you bring us through a real like shamanic uh, breath work session, you know? Yeah. So we definitely get down with the breath work in the morning. Um, you know, you have to experience it. Feeling is knowing for sure, but it's nothing to, it's nothing that you won't know um, you've done something, you know, you're going to know you've experienced something when you go through that. As Darren says, it hits you sideways you don't really know uh, it's just breathing, but then all of a sudden it catches you and it's a powerful experience. So breathing in the morning, um, exploration in various ways. We have other speakers there. Um, so there'll be uh, a lots of, you know, ability to discuss all kinds of awesome things, but we'll be um, exploring the nature and the surroundings getting out um and communing with it uh in these particular ways using um you know the study of movement getting our feet on the ground feeling um you know connected to the environment is a big aspect of it breathing um in the environment it sounds you know rudimentary but the best way to build gut biome is to get out and explore various environments. And so one of the best things you can do when you get into a, a new place is to actually just go outside and breathe in that place. And we'll get out. We'll do exploring. I'm sure we'll do some some serious hiking. 
and um, and then we'll um, we'll have the uh, ability to get into the cold in various forms, exposing ourselves to the you know the uh, the natural, just the air and the ambient temperatures, and then also uh, utilizing cold water in various forms. There is a lake around, right? But then we'll be bringing in ice baths, and uh, and then there's. Um, Good lecturing at night and uh, partying. Yeah, and Petrified Forest. We're going to go check out the Petrified sure. Forest for one day and hike around. Definitely do a little bit of partying. We'll have some, we have some celebrity guests on the list coming. Some people from around the podcast world that are eager to get in on it. So, I mean, people can obviously, they can come to the event and they can go to contactatthecabin.com. And uh, we got a bio for Brandon there and everything else. They can go to Magic on the Mountain. That's the next event we've got in February that that we'll be doing all this stuff. Of course, uh, if they want to see Brandon and Randall, there's, I mean, we're with Brand, we're with Brandon again. The Utah one sold out, but you can still buy tickets for the Montana trip in June, which Brandon will be at. And then we got the Scablands again in. September, which Brandon will be at again. So if you go to contact at the cabin, I mean, all those events Brandon's at. Um, so you can sort of pick which one you like. And, but this weekend, and this weekend, but this in the weekend in the be, mountains will be much more. Um, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Where <laughs> we're just all brand, you know, not all Brandon, but we'll have much more time when we're, when we're with Randall and Dave. We've got to get to Zion. We've got to get to Bryce. We've got to get to Steamboat Rock. we got to. There's all these places to go, and we're into the van. You're driving all day around. in the van. You're driving all day. Yeah. This time, there'll be very little driving and much more hanging out and learning from Brandon and banging on the drum, and the evenings will be there and ha- eating great food. Of course, Keith and Gage coming back, great food. Sweet. But other than contact at thecabin.com, where else can people go if they want to? I mean, people can't always come to these events. We know you're down in... Uh, in North Carolina, North Carolina, yeah, yeah, right now. Um, North Carolina. Well, do you have like a a website that shows all your sort of stuff, or maybe they can catch you when you're in the Northeast or down in? I know you were just down in Florida again. Yeah, so most everything was. Uh, you could find me on the Wim Hof uh, site, or uh, I do have an, a website. It's on fire. O n p h y r dot com. And, you know, it will we'll have we have a, a Patreon page that's coming up that's going to have monthly calls and break down a bunch of different uh, fitness uh, regiments and things that connect into what we do um, and the uh, accessibility to a lot of really good information and good content will be coming up on that. We're working on it. And. Uh, that's really it at the moment. Um, I've been traveling nonstop, so I have a lot of workshops. If you're looking for me, the Wim Hof uh, North American instructors, Brandon Powell, you can find my info and my workshops. Um, I've been super busy this year. Then we got contact at the cabin next year. To be honest, these events kick ass. I mean, really we're, we're not pulling any punches. The, the practices that um, I'm bringing in on these events, uh, especially this one coming up here where we can do a deep immersion, um, they are transformational. 
they are life-changing without a doubt i mean people have a really profound deep experiences with these practices they're um they're the reason that i do what i do and all of the practices that i do is that they work i'm not interested in anything but results i want to see the things happen and so it's awesome to watch people go through these processes when i know i'm just giving the right set and setting you know we're you know what i try to bring is something that is uh, a lot of fun and engaging whether it's the music um you know to to create some entertainment but you know it's the real depth of the practices and really just creating the space and then getting out of the way and watching people engage because it's really about who shows up and what kind of energy they bring and how how it um that little bit of ante that thing that they put in gives back so much like it's amazing to see how powerful these practices are and how they're so uh innately human and innately us like when we engage them they turn us on and the drum and the chanting adds a huge, huge aspect to that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's something all the instructors do, but it definitely adds a little magic to it. Absolutely, man. I mean, that, that is my thing for sure. And we're going to have a lot of music on this one. We're bringing in all the equipment, and the experience is going to be uh, second to none in my experience. I mean, you know, from what I'm, what, where we're at um, and how many times we've done this and um, I just can't wait to see how this one all comes together. Yeah, and the people are always amazing. I mean, it's the guests, oh. really, and you can just, you know, chat about anything you want, and everybody's very open, and it's just fantastic. Of course, the Snake Bros will be there. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Well, Brandon, it's been an hour and a half. Just flew by. I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It was great to spend uh, five days traveling around Washington with you. I mean, we got to hang out in three different states this year. Great, great getting COVID with you. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. I, you couldn't get COVID with a better group, right? <laughs> I mean, when <laughs> when people are like, well, who can you get COVID with? Well, if I brand Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody held it together. I'll, you know, oh, everybody. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not it's not the best thing. But now we're immune forever. There you so, go. <laughs> so you come if you come to our events, we're immune forever. You now, don't have to so worry about us. Yeah, ever have to worry about it ever again. We're good. Um, all right, boys. Right on, buddy. Yeah, nice yeah. chat. Right on, Brad. And thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you soon. All right, man. Later. And that was a chat with Brandon Powell. What do you think, buddy? Uh, it's inspiring. Yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I gotta get it into the breath work. Yeah, I gotta get past that fear. I want to run. Whether that fear was fake or not. Yeah, and I gotta start dropping. I want to run. Yeah, it's so hard to just too. like. I, I got the runners up there. I could just literally just. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, uh, I could start. When could I start? I was like, I could literally just go throw those shoes on right now and, and like. Go for a jog it's not like I need an hour. No, I mean no, I could probably barely run around. I barely run around the block. Barely run around the block. It's gonna yeah. be like a quarter mile. Yeah, it's not gonna take much time out of your. But day. it just it's doesn't just, happen. Yeah, doesn't happen because I mean I trudge around the bush and the prairies and you know the swamp hunting, but it never gets the uh, yeah yeah you know, know once in a while I'll get I can I know but enough that 
I notice when it happens still, you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like Brandon wouldn't notice if he's like got his waders on and his decoys on his back and it's like fucking deep mud. And I notice right away that my heart's like, do, 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 do. So I feel like the running. Yeah. Running and breathing. I'm going to, I got to, I got to get on both those. I really do. Maybe we could run together. We get some more outfits. Outfits? (laughs) Yeah, we'll get like headbands. Little outfits. Just meet halfway. Yeah. When I show up, you're just running on the spot at the meeting spot. <laughs> your water bottle strapped to your belt with my uh, with my headband. Yeah, you got a you got a. I'll have a. You can have a purple one, and I'll have a oh, blue one or something. Oh the America color. Oh my god, <laughs> it'll be great. Uh, so big thanks to Brandon for coming on the show. Uh, great guy, huge. Uh, nothing but respect for that guy. He just you know he's. He comes in and uh, catches everyone off guard. Yeah, everyone's like, like modern day it's shaman. It's always the yeah. first day. Yeah, modern day shaman, hundred percent. And the first day, everyone will come in and they'll be like, "Rest work, you know what's this?" You know, it's kind of like, "When are we getting on the thing?" And then whew, by day three, people are showing up. They're like, "Yeah,", yeah they're like, "Breath work time." Yeah. Don't cut into my breath work time. And uh, I mean, people are crying, people are shaking, people are laughing, people are leaving their bodies confused people are astral traveling i mean it's it's a people slapping themselves in the head it's uh it's an experience and a half and i mean even even if it's not at one of our events obviously we'd prefer if it was contact at the cabin.com is there's some spots left on that event we would like to see you guys jump on those before the snake bros start talking about them and all that stuff. So you guys get in. Well, there. don't get forget this one. We're going to have Owen Hunt talking about exactly talking about reality transurfing and maybe some of the outwitting, outwitting the, devil the devil stuff. And Joe Roop will be there talking about uh, doing some sort of presentations and lectures and maybe some some sort of workshop on hermeticism and and sort of like the Golden Dawn stuff, which synthesized all the ancient magical practices. That, that maybe we'll have a weed smoking contest. Ugh. We yeah. got to do a sober one one day. Sober contact at the cabin. Yeah. Brandon and I are currently brain sp- brainstorming cannabis at the cabin. Oh. <laughs> where we just go and contact. just we just like smoke out. He's like, we'll, we'll oh get it God. catered by some like crazy chefs, so you have like just amazing food. Well, you should get high. it catered by a fucking a shop. It has some like catered by catered. What do they shop? call those things? A weed shop. No, yeah. What a, do you call a them? Dispensary. Yeah, catered by a dispensary. They come with like. Plat platters full of all different kinds of stuff, and they just, just go get it around like we were thinking, like because Pagosa would be good for something like that, where Pagosa. you just go and you can't leave, you know, oh, where yeah. you're in the middle of nowhere, where you just show up for three days, and you know maybe you get a comedian in or two, and you know it could be a real fun time. Oh my god! I mean, you would hate it, obviously. You just yeah, hate us smokers. Yeah. You just uh, you'll boycott. I was boycotting. Yeah. Well, I'm boycotting your sober contact with the cabin. <laughs> You can go have it at East Eddie Ranch with the rest of those dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Make real contact. Big thanks to Brad and Powell for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks. You made it through the whole show. Your voice sounds not bad. Yeah, a bit of a cough, bad, but you're, yeah. you're well, bouncing Well, that was just because la- you had me laughing. I do have Otherwise, I don't have a cough. I just have a shortness of breath, and maybe, I guess you could say... <gasps> I got to get breathing. America.ca slash support. If you want to be one of the few people who do support the show, one of the 1%, 2% that really do make a difference, help us pay the bills, help Graham pay his, uh, his rent, help us pay for food. I mean, we're kind of 
Graham's transitioned. I'm trying to trans. Well, there's going to be a better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, into the livelihood. So gramerica.ca slash support. If you're getting some value from the show, if it's adding a little value to your life, uh, to your commute, to your work, to your workout, however you're listening, where you're listening, let us know. Gramercamerica.com. Support the show. Gramerica.ca slash support. Get those audio books, all 23 of them now out. The Religion of the Chinese, the Religion of the Chinese. Ancient Even Religion of the, the Chinese. Ancient Religion yeah. of the Chinese is the latest on sale now. Uh, of course, my book, A Canadian Shame, narrated by Graham Dunlop. And a bunch of other ones, Isis Unveiled, yeah. all the Blavaskis, adultbrain.ca to check those out, uh, grammarica.ca slash chats if you want to get in the chats with some people that are not crazy like the people on Twitter. Yeah. What else? Grammarica. I hope the chat, the people in the chats are going okay. I mean, they, they've they've shared some emotional stages of their life during this whole COVID thing. I mean, they're just like, wow, man. And then, you know, people support them. And I'm, I'm not like, I'm in there reading it more than I'm participating in there. Just so people know, I do read it a lot, but um, it's great to see each other supporting each other through these emotional times. I mean, it's people are going through a lot of crazy, crazy times right now. So. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, the mandates, everything crazy. I mean, it started to People get pretty are, close to home. I mean, yeah. you called a lot of it. You said it was coming. Maybe I was naive. But I will say this. I've just said no. Stood firm in that. And it seems to be working. Yeah, I, I mean, know. It's like, I know. I know. It's, it's like not, our buddy Mark well, from After were, School said. He's like, I think you might just have to say no really firmly a few times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. You know, it sounds great. In his situation, it worked, but I was like, there's no way that's going to work here. Yeah. But it seems to be working. Well, I think you're partially, we're both sort of right. I mean, I, I think that, the you know, like I said, these things are coming down the pipe, but you also said, well, they're going to fall apart, and it pike. seems to be. Coming down the pike. Pipe. <laughs> Not the pipe. The pike. pike. The pike. pike. What's a pike? I don't know, a but fish? that's what well, the no, saying it's a is. a pipe. Okay, check. anyways, let's go. Let's, let's, let's just shut this down. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. All the rain came down. My wallet got soaked. The money ran out. Oh, the mud was gold. The ground was cold. Wow.
Just your pussy.